through this message months, years. And it's really the key to our Christian walk. It's really the key to the vision of Bible Christian Center. If you don't understand this, really, you won't understand the vision of this church. And I really believe what God has for all churches seeking him today. It will affect you. It will affect your family, your community, and I believe the nation and the nations of the earth. That's how significant it is. And we're going to look into why. We're going to lay a foundation today that I believe will be life-changing. I, I really do. Uh, I, I know myself there's just a, a grace, um, you know, in this area personally. And that's why I'm able to hopefully uh, let the Lord teach this in, in a strong way. All right? So first, let's look at uh, the definition of what the glory of God is. You know, so often we throw around terms and we might not know exactly what they really mean. Or we don't know the depth of what that term entails. I know different times, when I, especially when I was a younger Christian even now. I mean, you hear terms and they become prevalent in your Christian speech. But we really maybe don't understand what they entail. I remember one time, you know, asking somebody as a younger Christian, because uh, people were talking about the anointing. They're talking about the oil of God, and I had no clue to what that meant. And, you know, for months and months, I never asked anybody. It's good to ask somebody, amen, whether it's a brother and sister that, that you know, you, you iron sharpens iron, or somebody that's helping disciple you, or uh, whoever. And, and I just asked somebody one time, you know, at after Bible, I say, you know, what, what does that mean? What's the anointing? What's the oil? And you know what they said? I don't know either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we need to define things to the point where we can personalize them. Amen? Just not use them in our Christian vernacular. The glory of God, a simple definition, the glory of God is the virtue of God. It's the essence of which God consists. It's what he consists of. It's, what, it's who he is. It's what, make, it's what makes him God. Glory to God. It's so easy to get off on different things as a Christian and not make Jesus himself the focal point. You know, we have a need. It might be financial. It might mean, you know, we're trying to overcome a familiar sin. It might be to share the gospel. It might be a, a myriad of things. And sometimes we get so caught up in trying to fulfill an objective that we forget about the one who causes us to fulfill that objective. And I think we've all been there. And that's where a lot of Christians get caught up in, man, they're, they're trying to find something, you know, to make something happen. And that's fine. But the key to making something happen is seeing what's inside the heart of God. And that sounds simple, but it's easy sometimes in our humanness, in our, in our, in our humanness to get off track. 
to get on fads, to get on, you know, this or that, formulas. God wants our focus to be on him. Amen? Glory to God. All right. Go with me to Exodus 33, and we'll start out there. Hallelujah, Jesus. Exodus chapter 33. Hallelujah, Jesus. Verse 11, it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face. Wow. Tell me that's not amazing. Exodus 33, 18, the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face. Man, you know, the name of our church, ministry, Abba Ministries, Abba Christian Center. I, I mean, I, I think if I didn't have that name, I, I, I have something like face to face ministries. That's amazing. He, the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face as a man speaks unto a friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, Now Israel had just sinned, and you know, God and Moses is interceding for them. And he said, You say unto me, Bring up this people, and you have not let me know what thou who I will send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast found grace in my sight. Moses is getting real with God. I tell you what, God, man, he is having a hard time with the people of Israel. Man, the golden calf stuff and going round and round. And, you know, and the bottom line is, he says, I'm going to send an angel with you. And Moses is saying, I don't want an angel. I want you. And that's, that's what God wanted him to say all the time. Amen? He says, now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, verse 13, show me now thy ways. The Bible says in Psalm 103, Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the heart of God or the ways of God. Israel knew what God wanted because they saw him come down and, the, and fire on the mountain and smoke and everything. And then he gave them the Ten Commandments and he says, will you keep them? Well, who wouldn't under those circumstances say yes? But Moses knew the heart of God, the ways of God. He says, show me now thy way that I might know thee fully, that I might find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. See, this is kind of funny. God was saying, they're your people. Moses is coming back. No, really, they're your people. Amen. And he said, God says, my presence shall go with thee. And that's what Moses was after. See, it's not just getting something. It's how you get it. It has to come through the heart of God. Man, some, you know, after Jesus resurrected, he could have walked on Main Street and everybody in Jerusalem would have accepted him. Why didn't he? Because he didn't want them accepting him because they saw him walking down Main Street. He wanted them to accept him out of who he really was to them. He says, my presence shall go with thee. I will give thee rest. And Moses says, man, if that presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going. Shh, glory to God. Man, someone can build a house. There's a word last Sunday. Man, if God doesn't build the house, I don't care how big it is, how many windows it is, I don't care how many people in it, it's God building the house that's the key. Man, it grieved me when I heard this. Uh, 
I was with somebody, it was at a church growth thing. And this guy comes on how to grow your church. And there's some good things there. And then he said, this sounds really weird. But the churches that are growing fastest are those who have a pastor or an assistant pastor that speaks with an Australian or an English accent. And I thought to myself, you got to be kidding me. But then my wife likes the, you know, uh, the, you know, the GPS, you know, in Australia, you know, that kind of thing, how many, you know what I'm saying? So but I thought people are coming to church to listen to somebody in the accent. What about Jesus? Isn't that sad? So if we hire an assistant pastor next week with a Australian accent, you know, you just know why. No, we're not doing that. All right? It's not about getting there. It's how you get there. Amen? It's about who brings you there. Mm, Jesus. For wherein shall it be known that that people have found grace in that sight? Is it not? And now go with us. That you're with us. So shall we be separated, I and my people, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. Because your presence is with us. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And here's what Moses said. He said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Woo, glory to God. See, when you're in the secret place, or even if you're in a healing server urgent, a meeting, I want something that's really interesting. When the presence of God comes, ask for more. Amen? Moses has got momentum. God says, man, I, I'm going to do what you said. You found grace in my sight. I know you by name. So then Moses, you have not because you ask not. He said, oh, that is so good. But I want something even more than that. Show me your glory. And that's the heart cry of every mature believer and what makes him succeed in truth. And God says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. So God says, show me my glory. Show me your glory. God says, I will manifest my goodness. Goodness and glory are synonymous. We're singing that song. I, and I never tell hardly ever Michelle what to play, but that was by the Spirit of God. He's good. Woo! Amen? His goodness is his glory. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. Woo! Jesus. Hallelujah. Mmm. Not good, it's not God. He said, I'll make all my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. Again, biblically, the glory of God, the goodness of God, the name of God and the virtue of God, which we'll see in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, are synonymous. Woo! Hallelujah, Jesus. And then he says, and I'll be gracious to you, I'll be gracious and show mercy, I'll show mercy. God said, I'm in control. I determine. You know, when a man sows or reap, I determine that. But he says, Thou cannot see my face and live. No man shall see me and live. The Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. How many know that represents Jesus? It shall come to pass while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock. We are in Jesus. 
will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand and I shall see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Shh. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Let's go there. Thank you, Jesus. I, I tell you, almost wherever I go, I end up here. We won't read the whole thing for time's sake, but it is so good. 2 Peter 1, 1 to 4. It's all good, but man, it is so good. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things. How, how much? How many things? All things that pertain unto life. Woo, glory to God. That's another synonym for synonym for glory and goodness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. Some translations say who has called us by glory and virtue. Whereby, uh, let me share this. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the glory of God that brings you into the fullness of wisdom. Someone gets saved because they have a fear of hell. Well, that's all, that's good. But that's just the beginning. If you just get saved because you fear hell, I tell you what, it's not going to work like it should. You've got to go from there into intimacy with Jesus. Amen? Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, the written word of God, that by these, by these, you might be partakers of the divine nature. Woo! Well, what's the divine nature? He just told us. It's the glory and virtue of God. Wow. Hallelujah, Jesus. I have a good friend. He's a Baptist pastor. And one day he called me out and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm partaking of divinity. He said, What? Now, it could be understood wrongly. He said, what are you talking about? I said, well, not being some little God. I'm partaking of his virtue through his word. He said, wow, that's a new one. I said, no, it's really an old one. It's the Bible. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I'm here to tell you something. Your provision against lust, whether it's sexual lust, whether it's pride, whether it's a lust for position, whatever it is, isn't saying, I think I can, I think I can get over it. That's not the provision of God. The provision of God is the glory of God. Because when you partake of Jesus, there's no room for anything else. Amen? Glory to God. All right. Whew. All right. So we look at the, the, some of the greatest men of God. Moses. Says, Show me your glory. Joshua was a man that lived his life in the context of the Ark of the Covenant. What's the Ark of the Covenant? Right, we've said, shared this so many times. Three entities in the Ark. Amen. There's the Aaron's rod, the budded, representing authority. Ten Commandments representing our righteousness and the golden jar of manna which represents our eating of Jesus. And it goes in this order. 
Because you become the righteousness of God, you can eat of Jesus, and then you enter into a spirit of authority. Man, he lived in the intimacy of God. Man, when the, when the glory of God would come, when Moses would leave, he would linger in the presence of God. He was a man of the presence. He was a man of the word. Glory to God. David, let's look at Psalm 63. God said he was a man after my own heart. Here's why. Psalm 63, here is, here's David's heart. He said, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Man, if you're dying of thirst in the desert, you have profound need. Amen? Wow. But what's his need? What's this analogous to? To see thy power and thy glory. So I have seen thee in the sanctuary. He sought the glory of God and he entered in to seeing the glory of God. You can't enter into what you don't see. The Bible says in John 3, 3, you must be born again to see the kingdom. The key to the kingdom is the glory of the king. But then it says in John 3, 5, you've been born again to enter into the kingdom. And that's what this whole series is going to be about, how to enter in to Shekinah glory of God. All right. Okay. So let's look at, again at this definition. Some of the adjectives that describe the glory of God. I mean, it's hard because the glory of God is infinite because the glory of God is God himself. The glory of God, his purity. How pure is God? His holiness. Wow. Man, I was with a young man a while ago and he was, when we were in campus ministry, he was one of our leaders and him and his girlfriend entered into sexual sin and different thing and he was downplaying it. I, I shared with him all the scriptures and I was getting frustrated and finally God said, just, we were downstairs in our living room, uh, Kathy and the kids weren't there and I said, he said, just go upstairs and pray with him. I said, man, so we, we began to pray and we asked for the purity of Jesus to come. I'll never forget it in my life. It scared me. We both hit the floor. He's a real big kid. He's a linebacker on the football team. And we just, we couldn't move. We wept. And he got up. Ooh, glory to God. And he was free. He was free. And I was freer. Glory to God. It was amazing. How pure is God? The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. That's, that's an amazing verse. It's, tr- it's his truth. You shall know the truth will set you free. It's his righteousness. It's his love. Amen? That's an integral part of his glory. It's his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his justice. Man, 
I just did a series. We didn't even put it out yet because it's so strong. It's judgment on America. Wow. Judgment will come as it's necessary to negate people from being harmed. Amen. Man, see, it's all about Jesus, his desire for relationship, his hunger for you and me. This is all under the glory of God. And we could go on and on and on. His preciousness, his magnificence. See, when we really enter into the glory of God, like we were singing the Revelation song, man, awesome is the sight. Sometimes I, I, I'm guilty of this. I think we all are. I'm minimizing the awesomeness of Jesus. Shh. Woo. I, all of us, man. I don't care if you're in the guys, you're in the barber shop or woman in that, getting your hair, getting hairdresser, whatever. Sometimes, I, you know, you might just, just lift up your hands. And just say, man, just start. Ooh, just start thinking about Jesus. Someone said, what are you doing? I, I, just, I, I just, I'm enthralled with Jesus. Shh. Religious people can go to church, but they're not enthralled with the glory. Shh, Jesus. Mm. His glory is magnificent and more so of the, the universe is amazing. Creation is amazing. That's just a little bit of the glory of God. Seriously. You look at, the, you know, whether it's flowers, whether it's, you know, I, I mean, some of the animals he's created, you know. You look at the stars with that number. Wow. I'll share this before I share it quickly. The sun itself is a type of trinity. The core is, you know, Million degrees hot. That represents the Father. It represents the awesomeness of who He is. And then, but it can't come to the earth unless it goes through something called the radiant zone. Well, Jesus is the radiance of His glory, Hebrews 1. It has to come through His Son. But it gets even better, or as good, or as Brad says, gooder and gooder. Amen. It the next part is the conviction zone where things are just, man, going just, wow, it's, it's an experiential. Man, there are, it's like bombs going off consistently. It's how, man, what's in the core gets in to the earth. Represents the spirit of God. But there's one more layer before it comes, it's the photosphere. It's where man, God, what's in God's heart Causes you to see a picture of yourself. It's amazing. God is amazing. Amen. Say this. Say, God is amazing. Amen. Say, God is amazing. Woo, glory. Now, how his glory is manifested, and this is not the, the key that we're going to share on today. It's manifested through the word. The word, the Bible, is the glory of God. It's amazing how many Christians never read it. The word of God is the glory of God. 
Someone says, I want to enter into glory. Enter into this. That's foundational glory. Woo! His presence. That's amazing. His voice. Man, every time I hear you calling, every time you speak my name, I get on my knees, man. Wow. Mm. The spirit of glory, the Holy Spirit's called the spirit of glory. He's on the inside. See, everything we're supposed to do should be a fruit of wanting to experience the glory of God. Unity, and whether it's in a church, in a nation, it's, it comes through the glory of God. Fellowship. Man, it's the glory that flows down from Aaron's beard, that glory of God. Prayer, it's the glory of God. Doing the giving, doing, doing what we're supposed to do in evangelism, etc. But you see, and here's what I want to emphasize today. How many times, you know, does God come to us, get in my word, enter into my presence, listen for my voice, have koinonia with my spirit, Enter into unity and fellowship. Enter into prayer. And we hear that. And most of us have entered into a definite degree. But God's saying, you know what? If you don't see the word for what it is. If you don't see my presence for what it is. If you don't hear my, see my voice for what it is. Prayer for what it is. My anointing for what it is. You're not going to appreciate it. You're not going to hunger for it. And you're not going to enter into it fully. They're manifestations of the essence of God. Glory to Jesus. It's it's, it's the key, it's the core, it's it's the root, okay? All right. So let's enter in. Oh, glory to God. To a couple verses, I think that the, to me are life-changing. Go with me to 1 John 3, 8 and 9. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. I'll be honest with you. This is kind of what I eat, drink, sleep for real. Because see, everybody's healing, is, 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 it becomes so hard to, to the church. You know why healing is so hard? Because people see healing as an objective rather than seeing it as a person. If you see healing as something you need to have and you should, but you don't see it as a person, healing is simply what's inside of God that needs to be inside of you. It's the person of Jesus. And that's why most people have struggled with it and enter into formulas and perfectionism and this and that. See, if you enter in to this, wow, it puts everything else in perspective. Jesus. I've been at so many healing services 
you know, try to move your foot. Try, and, and that's okay to act on your faith, correlative action. Man, but, but what I'm saying is this. It's like people are trying to do things they can't do, but not seeing the face of Jesus, which is the key that they will to do it. Jesus. 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 Mm. First John 3 8. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. Not saying if you mess up, you're of the devil. This is talking about when you choose sin habitually. Okay? It says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, he might destroy the works of the devil. Hmm. Then it goes on to say, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed, the DNA of God is in him and he can't sin because he's born of God. Now again, when you sin, you don't sin through your spirit. There's nothing to sin with. Your spirit's righteous. You sin through your soul, your emotions, your mind, your willpower, your personality, Believing the lies of the devil. God is the father of your spirit. The devil, the Bible says, is the God of this world, the five sense realm. Man, you enter into the five sense realm, it doesn't matter if you have a born again spirit, you're going to lose. If you live by your five senses. The five senses are the Bible of the natural man. Your five senses are good, but only when they're in submission and are vehicles of your spirit. Amen? Glory to God. Okay. Now here's what I want us to see. Anything and everything that is wrong or hurtful has been destroyed. It says Jesus came to destroy every work of the devil. Did he miss one? He came to, to destroy every ounce of our sinfulness, Psalm 103, and to heal all our diseases. 3 John 2, he wants us blessed in our men, in health, and, and our finances as well, as our soul prospers. Oh, Holy Ghost. Now, so the bottom line is that if there's a familiar sin that anybody's struggling with, it's been destroyed. Okay? Why has it been destroyed? Because God has created you to be glorious. I could get into so much now. There's one thing I want to emphasize, but the Bible says in Psalms and throughout the Old Testament, my glory rejoices. A synonym for your spirit is glory. Someone says, well, how can I be glorious? God's coming back for a glorious church. Not one that's weak, selfish. He's coming back for a glorious church. Ooh, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. He wants us to understand that your spirit is righteous. It is the glory of God. 
and we can enter in, man, if our spirit is fed with glory, our spirit will become strong so you can enter into walking in a glorious manner. Someone hear that and say, that, that just doesn't compute. It's why Jesus died. What's the DNA of God? It says, the reason that we're not bound by sin is because his seed is in us, his DNA. Wow. I'm not a good gardener. My grandmother had a restaurant. My dad's mom, and I tell you, everything she put in, it just bloomed. You know what I'm saying? I'm an amazing garden. Man, I tried one time to have a garden, and it just died. You know what I'm saying? I didn't catch that generationally. You know what I'm saying? But I, know, I, but I know enough to know this. If you plant tomatoes, thorns don't come up. Amen? If you plant an apple tree, you don't get figs. God's saying, you know what? He's planted himself in us through the new birth. And the only thing that comes out of this seed is Jesus. Amen? Woo! God, hallelujah. Someone said, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That is, help me, (laughs) mass deception. You were a sinner. You're saved by grace. Now you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? Wow. See, when we get this in our hearts, we'll live like it. It's so good. It's so good. But here, I want you to go to Colossians 1.27. Because it, it gets better. Colossians 1 27. We'll start with verse 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, not to his worms. You're not a worm, you're a saint. To whom God would make known what is the riches of what? Of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right. Now, here's where we're going to teach and preach. Desire is everything. When you're unsaved, You have carnal desires, destructive desires, demonic desires in you. You know, we're in campus ministry. We would witness down, you know, apartments at Keister, which were a party scene at the university. Can I tell you something? On On a Friday night, most college students who are unsaved Don't sit there and say, you know what? I don't feel like going out and drinking. I don't feel like going out to a party. I'm just going to confess it until I do. No! They go! (laughs) Look at the place on a Friday night. They're running. Why? Because that's 
That's their desire. Oh, Jesus. Desire is everything. Christ is in you with the hope, giving you the hope, the desire for what? To serve on a committee? He's given you a desire to experience the glory of who he is. See, that's the whole key. And that's why I think a lot of times we wrongly try to disciple. We tell people, get in the word, do this, do this, do that, do this. Well, we need to tell them, God has given you the desires that Jesus had to get in the word and experience the presence of his father. Even if you don't feel it, just start out in it in the outer courts and the desire is going to come. I can't get this across enough. What you desire is who you will be. Desire is the key. Religious people desire outward appearance, people's praise, and somehow a gauge of others and God himself that they are good enough to go to heaven. That's their desire. To make it on their own. And it's so wrong. A dog. There's no dogs in church hungering for the presence of God. You know what I'm saying? Why? It's not in them. They're going to hunt for the bone or whatever. That sounds, you say, that sounds silly, but it's true. It is not in the heart of angels to cry Abba. That's why man is infinitely above angels, although angels are amazing and necessary in our lives. They are necessary if you're going to enter into victory. But they don't have a desire to cry, Abba. See, if you get this, it will change you and me. Glory to God. You know, somebody with a gift, <clears throat> musically. Man, a lot of times they're three years old and they're banging on a drum. Why? There's something in them that has a desire to do that. Somebody that's gifted artistically, they have a desire to draw, a desire to paint, even at, usually at a young age. Somebody with good athletic, they have a desire. You don't have to prod them to cultivate their athletic skills. They have a hunger to cultivate it. See, when it comes to church, so many people are under a spirit of obligation instead of a spirit of privilege. How much do I have to get in the Word? How, many, how, how, how long does church have to be? How, how long do I have to pray? Come on, man. Christ. Not a preacher. Not an angel. Christ. God Almighty. Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, is in you. 
And the primary thing he is in you to do is give you a hunger for the glory of God. That's what separates you from all the religions of the earth. It's what will separate you from 30, 60, to 100 fold with other Christians. That's why Israel went around in circles. Because everything was obligation, outward appearance. Man, if we had the 12, you know, lakes in front of us, man, then God was good. Man, if, we're, if we don't see something, God's not good. Moses, man, he entered into a place. He said, my father's God. I will exalt him. Paul entered into this place. It was all about the glory of God. Jesus. Here's what's exciting. Let's talk about getting in the word. There's times I don't feel like getting in the word. But see, I know in my spirit I do. Woo! I know that there's nothing I want to do more. Well, how come if there's nothing you want to do more, how come you don't feel it? Because I'm in this earth suit. And sometimes this earth suit minimizes outwardly my desire. If you don't know you have desire, when you don't feel like you don't have it, you'll believe that you don't. I have the desire of Jesus to eat of this word. And when I enter in, I got to go through the outer courts sometimes. There's a lot of noise out there in the outer courts. There's a lot of banging around. There's a lot of religiosity. There's unbelief out there. There's all kind of stuff out there. But I got to go through the outer courts to get into the inner courts. Where the man, where the labor's at, the light. Now it's like, wow, this is getting good. But I'm not going to stop there. Because the inner courts do not satisfy me. Only the Holy of Holies do. Until I know I've eaten of Jesus, I'm not satisfied any day of my life. I don't even care if there's a miracle that comes through me or a prophecy. A donkey can prophesy. Now you got to take that in context, okay, all right. But I want to tell you something. There's no donkey that can eat Jesus. Are you understanding me? I know this is strong, but this is the, I tell you, this is what's on my heart most as a pastor. This is what the whole vision is a church and to have people enter into a place where the glory of God is sufficient. I don't care what your age is. I don't care if you're 9, 19, 29, 99. It's the key. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm. Go with me to John 6, 57. John 6, 57. See, when you get talking like this, the religious hate it. Demons hate it. That's why we do it. Amen. We do it because we love Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Shh. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Mm. Jesus is talking about eating of him. Man, whenever you talk about stuff like eating of Jesus, people go crazy. Partaking of the divine nature, they go crazy. Who do you think you are, Jesus? For me to live is Christ. I'm not Jesus, but the Jesus I serve is in me to life me. So Jesus is talking about eating of his flesh, drinking of his blood, and the context of partaking of his word, his presence, his voice, his character, his life. And they didn't get it because they were so carnal. And so much of the church doesn't today. And here's, what, here's the key verse. He says, as the living Father has sent me, and I live by eating of the Father, no American standard. How did Jesus live? Man, he divested himself of his deity. He became a man. How did he enter in to becoming who he was? By eating of the Father. Woo! Wow. Man, he had to enter into getting this word revealed to him just like you and I. Through the Spirit of God, Spirit of Revelation. But he has such a hunger for the Father. Such a hunger for the Father, not for religion. Like the Pharisees, that's why they hated him. Not for popularity. But here's the kicker. Even as I live by eating of the Father, so who eats me will live likewise. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. <clears throat> I've shared this type before, but it's especially applicable what we're saying. Passover, right? The last plague, the tenth plague. God tells Moses, right? Take a lamb. Had to be pure, without spot, representing Jesus, of course. Slay the lamb. Jesus, of course, was slain. Put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. Makes a cross. When the death angel sees the blood, he will pass over you. Passover, right? That's awesome, isn't it? Glory to God. We're saved by the blood. But here's the key just as much to that. He said, after you put the blood over the doorpost, eat of the lamb. Eat of the lamb. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 105, 37, when they ate of the lamb, every person that was feeble, blind, deaf, crippled, and man, they were beaten over and over again by the Egyptians. There were out of three and a half million people, how many hundreds of thousands fit that description? But when they ate of the lamb, they were completely made whole. Wow. 
Jesus. The glory of God. We have the privilege. I, I mean, the Bible to me is amazing. Again, I wasn't raised in church. I, didn't, I had no idea what the Bible even was. When I opened up, I, you know, if I would have read in the Bible that I'm lower than an angel, I would have been happy. But God says that I have the spirit of a son. Glory to God. You know, I would have been happy, you know, if somehow, you know, uh, you know, you could get an autograph from Jesus. You know what I'm saying? That would have been good to me. Go to heaven, get his autograph. Do something. You know, Jesus doesn't give you an autograph. He gives you himself. You know why kids wait in line at a baseball game, a hockey game? I took my grandson about a year and a half down to uh, the rink where the penguins skate in Cranberry. Took off school. It was a pat-pat day. It was a good day. And we got a puck flew over there, a thing. We got a puck. And afterwards, it was cold. It was a late November day. And the penguins, the, the players, they park in one parking lot. You park down here. And sometimes if you stay here, they have to drive past. And sometimes they'll roll down their window and give you an autograph. It's a big deal. Well, we didn't get any autographs. It's just so cold. I said, I said, we need to leave. He said, Papa, just give it another few minutes. I said, all right. Whew. Now, if you don't know about hockey, Cindy Crosby is like the premier hockey player in the world. Okay? So all the players of the Penguins pass us up. Everybody. So we're getting ready to leave. We see this truck coming down the parking lot. And there's two guys on one side, another guy on the other side. And it stops right where Isaac and I are at. This guy rolls down his window. He said, you want an autograph, kid? And, I, and it was Sidney Crosby. Isaac, eyes lit up. My eyes lit up. He had his rookie card. He said, sign it. Well, that was neat. Because that's neat to have his autograph. It's worth a lot. But again, you know what's neat about Jesus? He has your autograph on his hands. The Bible says in Isaiah, he has your picture, your signature on the palms of his hands. Woo! He just didn't want to give you his autograph. He gives you himself. And he wants your autograph. But then he wants you. Man, someone prophesied over me a long time ago and said, when you teach on subjects like this, you'll, you'll start to weep. And man, this causes me to weep. Man, I was ministering to somebody in profound sin. About the closest thing to murder you can have. 
And I'll be honest with you, I couldn't believe this guy did this. It was court ordered. I don't want to take it, but I did. Man. And God said, minister to him about my glory. I start sharing with him. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it's sure the gospel of glory. I start talking about the truth of who Jesus is. I can't tell you the glory of God's filled the room. He began to weep. I began to weep. Seriously, it was amazing. This is one of the greatest experiences of glory I've ever had. Other than maybe in a Catherine Cohen service. I mean, the glory just took off there. I said, wow. This guy entered into repentance I've never seen. And he's walking with Jesus in an amazing way. Amazing way. All of us have needs. Our greatest need has got to be experience the glory of God daily. And the provision for every need we have is who Jesus is. Amen. Stand with me if you will. Oh, Jesus. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Father, help us never to minimize the glory that you consist of. Help us never a day to go by, even when it's hard, even when we don't sense you at the start. To not be awesomely affected by the amazing, how amazing the glory of your being is. And Lord, help us never to live under obligation to partake of you. That's a slap in your face. Help us to see that the greatest thing there is is to partake of your glory and your virtue. That's how we become like you. But even more importantly, it's what you died. You died so we would eat of you. Change us, God, as never before. From faith to faith, from glory to glory. And we give you all honor and praise. If someone's listening to this, I don't know, YouTube, Spotify, Faith and Family Channel, wherever. This is what being a Christian is it's coming into relationship with the most awesome, precious, magnificent, glorious being that ever has been or ever will be through the blood that was shed by his son. 
It's not joining a church. It's coming into a relationship with this person. If you want this, give it up. Give everything you have. Because he's worth it all. And just say, God, I give it all to have you. And the amazing thing is when you get him, you'll get all back. That's good. Exponentially. Receive him in Jesus' name. For those of us that are Christians, I sense someone listening to my voice. And man, you've been struggling. Man, we are with you. We do not degrade you. I said somebody in a bed, man, you're struggling with pain. I'm not sure what it is, but it's harmful. I speak to you in Jesus' name with the agreement of this church. That God, the glory of God will lift you up. In the name of Jesus. For us here today. Here's the key to life. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'll say this thing is strong. To the degree that you hunger for the glory of God by His grace and enter into it is to the degree that you're a real Christian in the sense of it being real to you. That's where reality comes. Man, I just sense Jesus. So can you, can we always make a confession? Let's make a confession or ask God what you will pray. And if you have a need, come up. I said one word of knowledge. I heard the name Melanie. That needs, means something to somebody. The name Melanie. But just say this. Say, say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Destroying every work of the devil and replacing it with the glory of your DNA. Cause me to see it for what it is and to be changed in an amazing way daily even as you are amazing. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God.